Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, where you'll get the latest trends and legal business initiatives that help you manage your law firm every day. Hear from the experts setting the standards for legal, insurance, compliance, and tools of the profession. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Here's the host of the Legal Toolkit, Jared Correa. All right, folks, welcome to a very special episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks very much for listening in. I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to rapping about all things law here at the podcast, I'm also the Senior Law Practice Advisor with the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org or like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash masslomap. On the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. And today on the Legal Toolkit, we're going to take a look at 20 great legal technology tips for lawyers in 20 minutes or thereabouts. Uh, We're going to try and go as fast as we can, and we'll see if we can get them all in. My guest today is Ernest Svensson from the Svensson Law Firm in New Orleans, Louisiana. You may know him as Ernie the Attorney, not the Muppet. Ernie somehow finds the time to write three blogs, including PDF for Lawyers, Paperless Chase, and the Ernie the Attorney blog, which can be found at ErnieTheAttorney.net. Ernie, welcome to the show. Hey, Jared. It's great to be on and to uh, talk with you for the first time. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. It's disappointing that we haven't talked until now, but uh, we'll be making up for it over the next 20 minutes or so. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So since we're gunning for 20 or so tips in the next 20 minutes, we're going to play a rapid-fire word association game, which is something new to the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to say something, and you'll have one minute to tell me why it's an awesome something. Uh, Ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. uh, Fujitsu ScanSnap. Well, this is the scanner to get to become paperless. There is no other scanner. If you don't know which one to get, uh, you get this one. If you do know which one to get, it's this one. Anyone can set it up. It works flawlessly. It's totally reliable. It's been around for a bunch of years, and it's always the one that people get. Uh, they have several different versions. The one you want to get if you're starting out is the 1300. That's the current. I'm oh, sorry, the 1500. That's the current model. So the 1500, if you have the Windows 1500M for Mac users, it has a 50-page automatic document feeder and one button. You put the documents in. You press the button. It scans the front and back at once. Tosses out the blank pages. It does color, black and white, letter, legal. You can mix and match. It does it all. It will OCR the documents so you can search them later. And every tech-savvy lawyer I know knows about this scanner and uses it. And it's like $400 at Amazon, and it comes with uh, Acrobat software that's worth $200. So it's really basically a $200 scanner if you get it at Amazon. Phone tag. Uh, Phone tag is uh, voicemail messages are great, but they're annoying to have to listen to. So it would be great to have them transcribed and emailed to you. And phone tag does that for about $10 a month. Now, I tried it, and I was skeptical, but then I realized that it was completely invaluable, and I couldn't get by without it. So I haven't listened to a voicemail message in years. Um, it's great if you're at a conference and you get a message because, of course, you're there, and you can't you know, hold the phone up to your ear and listen to it. So this way, you, know, you just read the email, and it's, you know, it's there. It's transcribed. Uh, it's great for keeping a record, uh, a, a written record of your conversations. And it will attach the audio transcript as well so that if you need to listen to it, which I never have had to do, uh, you can. 
And it even works in Spanish. I don't know about French, but I got a, a message in Spanish <laughs> one time, and it transcribed it, not to English, you know, but it was perfect Spanish transcription. So it's awesome. You can try it free for 30 days, and if you do, you'll probably never listen to a voicemail message again. Shoeboxed. Um, Shoeboxed is an easy way to manage receipts. It does uh, business cards, too, but receipts are really its forte. And what it does is it's great for road warriors and people who have lots of receipts to deal with. And there are lots of different ways you can get their receipts in. You, can, um, you can't put them in a shoebox and send it to them, despite their name. But you can uh, use a prepaid envelope that they supply to you. And you just mail them all in, and they'll scan them, and they're OCR, and they'll pull out their relevant data and you know, send you an Excel spreadsheet or whatever. Uh, you can scan them in yourself and send them, or you can take a picture with your camera phone and email it. And they have an iPhone app. Uh, which is great. And so what happens is you can, if you tr- go on a trip, you can take lots of pictures and the receipts are analyzed, I think, by humans and then the key numbers are pulled out. So one time I went to Tech Show, I took a bunch of pictures of the receipts that I was supposed to send in. Uh, it gave me a summary that was then put into the email with like a little mini spreadsheet, attached all the documents, I hit send, boom, it went in and the person had it. And if you really have lots of receipts, it's great because at the end of the year, they send you one PDF report that you can just you know, save to your tax-related file and send to your accountant uh, so that he can work on it. So pretty awesome tool. Quora. Uh, Quora is kind of hard to explain. It's not Google. It's not like LinkedIn. It's like you ask questions and the smart people who hang out there, and there are a lot of smart people there, uh, answer the question. And then um, when they've answered the question, another smart person will chime in with additional information usually. And sometimes they'll, it'll turn into a conversation. It's not law specific, but it is, you know, smart people who uh, know technology and have time to answer questions. And you get some really interesting information that you couldn't otherwise get on Google. So you could ask, you know, questions like, you know, why is Dropbox a really great service? And that's not something you can really Google for and get an answer. Um, it's one of those things you have to try a couple of times to really understand, but it's pretty amazing. Presentation Zen. Presentation Zen. Well, you know, we have to face the fact that we all pretty much suck at PowerPoint. And <laughs> it's not PowerPoint's fault. Not Well, not totally. I mean, it has a lot of lame templates, and that's part of it. But basically, it's that no one has ever taught us the vocabulary and grammar of visual presentation. And so this book is part of that, is part of, uh, of that effort. But it's also uh, part of the trick uh, of cultivating a certain sensibility about how to display visual information and what works. So you can read the book, and it's very short. And it's easy to read because it's got lots of pictures. Um, or you can visit the website with the same name, presentationzen.com. I recommend both. Um, and you will you'll learn a lot. You know, if you do presentations, you should definitely check out the site. But even if you don't do presentations, you'll at least know how to articulate why most of the presentations you see are absolutely deplorable. <laughs> all top. Well, all top is, uh, you know, I've been trying to tell people that they should use RSS readers, and that's too hard to explain, and it's too hard for most people to figure out. But it's a unified website that kind of collects a lot of weblogs, which are the kind of things you would put into an RSS feed. But instead of having to figure out how to use an RSS reader, you just go to all top, and it's just got a slew of different categories, like, you know, cars and boating and photography and law and anything you're interested in. You can just go there, and they've collected all these websites. And so on one page, you can kind of just see each website, and then there's a one-line description of the latest blog post that they've put up. So you can find a lot of weblogs quickly if you want to build an RSS reader, or you can just go there 
and look at the information you're interested in. It's pretty amazing, and I highly recommend it. Uh, trip it. Uh, trip it, I use all the time. If you travel, even, even if you just travel a few times a year, um, you run into the problem of managing the information related to your trip. Like you get the confirmation from the airline that says, you know, here's your flight information and your confirmation number. You get the hotel thing that has a confirmation number and you get a rental car information. And all those are separate emails and you have to kind of look them up separately or record them. What's great about TripIt is you sign up for the free account, give them your email address, and then whenever you get those confirmations in your email, you forward, forward them to plans at TripIt.com. They know it's coming from you. They build an itinerary that you can then see in, all in one place. Or if you have the app for your Android phone or your iPhone or your iPad or whatever, you just log in and there it all is. And you can even have it set up to where it pulls that information and delivers it to your calendar if you subscribe to the calendar that builds that for you. So then you don't even have to do anything. Uh, you can pay for the pro version and it will automatically notify your family members and notify you if there had been flight delays or if a price decrease has happened so that you can apply for the price decrease. It is an indispensable tool if you fly on airplanes. Uh, Dropbox. A lot of people know about Dropbox. It was, you know, I can't believe that there are people still out there who don't know about it, but there probably are. <laughs> Dropbox is the way that you can synchronize files across your computer to your other computers, whether they're Windows or Macs. You can also synchronize it uh, selectively to your iPad and iPhone because you don't want to put all of that information always there, but you can get to it really quickly. And once you set this all up, which is very easy to do, Dropbox is the easiest of the services that do this sort of thing, uh, then you can just access your information from anywhere, which is the holy grail of information processing today. And it keeps versions of documents. So if you accidentally delete something, you can go back and find it that way. And it's really a great backup tool. So for people who aren't doing backups, and there are a lot of people like that, I would definitely recommend signing up for Dropbox. Doodle. Doodle solves the problem that doesn't come up a lot, but when it does, it's a really annoying, intractable problem. The problem of when you have several people trying to schedule an event for a particular day and everybody's saying, well, is this day good for you? Is that day good for you? And there's really not a good way to do it. I mean, Outlook does it if you're in an organization and if your organization actually has people that know how to do this uh, and, and most don't. But this is just a website. You go up there, you set it up if you're the organizer, put all the people's names in, their email addresses. You pick the times and dates that work for you and pick a lot of them, and then people log in, and then they pick the ones that they want. And there's a visual graph there that shows who's available when, and at the end of it all, you know, one day your time works, and that's the day. It's amazing. Uh, it's, you know, it's just an amazing tool, and people should check it out. Ernie, we're smoking here, so let's do one more travel site before we take a break. How about Hipmunk? Hipmunk is another one of these sites that, that the tech-savvy people who travel a lot all know about and use. And uh, what it does is you know, a couple of different things, but basically if, if you're looking for flights, let's say, and it, it, now it does hotels and other things, but if you're looking for flights, that's really the key. Go there, and it doesn't work for Southwest, but for everything else, you go in, you say, okay, I'm traveling this day, and this coming back this time, and then it will create this immediate visual graph. The key is visuals, because that's the best way to get information, and it will show you based on a variety of factors. The one that everybody who's tech-savvy uses is the agony factor. And the agony factor is just sort of this algorithm of uh, do you have to switch? Obviously, that's agonizing. So it'll give you direct flights first. Do you have to pay more? That's agonizing. So factor that in. 
And then it will factor in as well how much time do you have between flights because, of course, if you don't have much time and the first flight is a little late, you're going to miss your second flight. So it builds all that into a visual graphic. You look at it and you go, yep, that's the one I want. You click on it and it takes you to the website of that um, of that uh, airline or whatever, you, or orbits or whatever. You do your booking there and you're done. Ernie, I got to tell you, this is the best podcast I've ever done. I've said like 12 <laughs> words in the last 10 minutes. Uh, lots of great uh, sites and tips here. So before we get buried under the avalanche, let's take a quick break. And when we return, we'll have more of the same with attorney Ernie Svensson. Want to stay in touch with the Legal Talk Network and get our shows automatically? RSS provides home delivery. You don't have to remember where to click. The good stuff comes right to you automatically and free. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and hit the RSS button at the top of the page. It says our podcast feeds. Now you'll be all set. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial playing in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. All right, uh, let's get into the second half of our program. Today I'm joined by Ernie Svensson from the Svensson Law Firm in the Big Easy, New Orleans. So today we're basically playing the $25,000 pyramid backwards. I am going to say a word and uh, or a phrase, and uh, Ernie's going to tell you about it. So let's get into it. Uh, Nest. Nest is a thermostat that's billed as a learning thermostat. So Nest is to thermostats what TiVo was to VCRs because nobody could figure out how to program a VCR. And while we can figure out how to program thermostats, once we figure them out, something changes and then we have to reprogram them. Nest uh, is a little more expensive, but it sits there and it figures out when there are people around and then it notes the time that they're active or they're away and it starts adjusting for energy savings based on that. It's got a Wi-Fi connection built in so it talks to the Nest server and picks up tips there, but it also so enables it to uh, talk to your iPhone or your iPad, and so you can be out of the house and control it from outside of the house. But I even use my iPhone to control it inside the house if I'm in bed and I go, I don't want to get up and walk over there and fix the thermostat. I just whip out <laughs> my iPhone and adjust the thermostat. It is an amazing tool. Apparently, Lowe's now has them um, to, to look at, so if you can go into a Lowe's, you can probably see what they look like. Uh, they were designed by people who used to work at Apple, so it's an amazing visual. It's a really elegant-looking thermostat, and it's really smart. Uh, copy to contact. Uh, this is a tip for people that are on Windows computers. Uh, it doesn't work on Mac, but um, it works in Outlook, so uh, it's a little plug-in that you use. And when people send you an email, and for the first time, they'll usually have all the contact information there at the bottom, you just select all of that and then hit the copy to contact keystroke, and it will auto-populate your Outlook um, contacts folder for that person so you don't have to manually put all that information in, which is a huge waste of time. Mm-hmm. And it will also do the same thing for appointment dates. So if somebody sends you an email uh, and says, you know, here's an event, as opposed, and they should send you a calendar appointment, but people don't do that. You just select the date and hit the same thing, and it recognizes that's the date, and it will auto-populate your calendar. Uh, you can try it for free for like 30 days, but invariably people will buy it because it saves a lot of time and solves an annoying, uh, persistent, common problem. 
Hmm. All right, let's do some Jeopardy. Who is David Pogue? Uh, David Pogue is a technology writer for the New York Times, and he his column comes out every Thursday. And what's great about David Pogue is if you want to learn about technology, he covers a lot of it. But he and he's not really a technology person by training. Initially, he was a theater guy, but he's very smart. He's very articulate. He's funny and uh, clever, and so his articles are funny and clever and informative. And he doesn't recommend things that don't work for him or that the average person can't deal with. So he's not just one of those guys telling you about the latest shiny new toy. He actually tells you whether it's worth playing with. And so he's a great filter for me uh, in looking at technology that I want to explore. If he, if he disses something, I'm not messing with it. If he recommends it enthusiastically, I'm definitely going to check it out. Linda. Linda spelled L-Y-N-D-A, uh, lynda.com is a website where you can look at videos and learn how to use software. And it's one of these things that you would, it has every piece of software. So, you know, Gmail, Outlook, Photoshop, and it'll have 10 different videos at different levels from different people about aspects of each program. Uh, and they're, they'll, they're an hour long, let's say, but each one is broken into like two minute, three minute increments so you, with, with a table of contents. So you can easily find the thing about that piece of software that you want to learn and just learn that two-minute thing. Uh, and all the tech-savvy people I know who you would think wouldn't be using this because they already know how to use technology are the ones who use it the most because they're the yeah. ones who have learned, gee, I don't want to waste time learning technology, and this is a great tool. So they're the ones who all sign up for it, although you know, novice users will sign up for it too once they discover it. Highly recommend it. If you check check it out, you will probably be addicted to it, as my wife was, and she asked <laughs> me to give it to her for her Christmas present. Believe it or not, and she's very happy that she got it. <laughs> uh, the Dilbert blog. The Dilbert blog is written by uh, Scott Adams, who writes the Dilbert cartoon, but it's not about Dilbert. And I'm, you know, I thought Dilbert was funny for a while, but uh, it, you know, wore out on me, and so I didn't really care about Dilbert, but. The blog is very entertaining and interesting because he's just a very thoughtful person who thinks deeply about how to solve social problems. And the way he talks about it isn't to say, I have this brilliant solution, I've figured it out, here it is. He's rather kind of funny and tongue-in-cheek about some of it, but it's very thought-provoking. And so he gets a lot of comments from people who don't understand what he's doing and think he's always being serious, which he's not. Um, but he is thinking about how to solve these problems and he's not a Democrat or a Republican. He doesn't fit in any, in any category. He's just a guy thinking about stuff. It's a really interesting blog. Uh, it's the one I, of two or three, uh, that I always check for, uh, daily. He doesn't post daily, but I always am eager to see if he has because it's always well written, funny, engaging, and useful. Now, one password. One password is one of, three programs that are out there, any one of which is great. That's just the one I use. Uh, and it's a password manager so that if you go to a website and you, sh you should have different passwords for your banking sites and for the ones that, you know, your email programs, because those are the ones that if, ha if hackers got into, you'd be sunk. And if they got into it and then said, ah, oh, we've got the password for the email account, let's use that for the bank. And if that works, bingo, they're in. So you don't want that to happen. So you want a password manager. And it's called 1Password because... You create one password that gets you into the program, and it's highly secure, and hackers can't get into it. Uh, and then that program unlocks everything else because it's keeping all your passwords there. It will also keep your credit card information, your 
a home address, your work address, so that you can quickly fill that stuff in when you go to a website. So it's one of the rare examples of where it creates really strong security without making your life more difficult. Usually, anything that creates um, good security makes your life more difficult. Uh, I would cite the TSA as an example, but I don't think the TSA creates good security. It's more security theater, but it does make your life more difficult. And that's pretty much the case with most strong security except for this kind of program, one password is one, there's last pass, or there's RoboForms. Uh, any of those programs are great. You know, you should, everybody should use them uh, because we live in a world where hackers are more sophisticated and the threat is out there, and this is really the, the best way to protect against it. Evernote. Um, Evernote solves the problem of, uh, in the digital world now, we have a lot of information that comes to us uh, in email or it's on the website or even just things that we write down in little notes. And we kind of need a place to store all that stuff that we can search really quickly and throw things into. And Evernote is that tool. Um, I don't use it as my primary digital note-taking tool um, because I have another thing that I won't talk about. But but most people use this. And this is the easiest thing to transition into. So it, you know, if you're not using something to store your digital notes, use Evernote because everybody who uses it as their primary digital note-taking um, storage device raves about it. It works on Macs, PCs, it's got an iPhone, an iPad app, and everybody who uses it uses it, uses it on their mobile device. I think it works on Android as well. So uh, it's an amazing tool. You should check it out, and um, it'll save you a lot of agony in searching for little chunks of information that you keep track of. Mm-hmm. Uh, dual monitors. Dual monitors. Everybody, uh, th- first of all, they're cheap now. It's cheap to buy an additional monitor. And I think most people just think, well, why would I want that? And it's one of those things you, you know, you'll never answer that question really until you, you know, buy one and plug it in. But every single person who has one, and I'm not talking about tech, I mean, tech savvy people all have them, but even the people who aren't tech savvy, once they get them, no matter how skeptical they are, uh, you can't pry them away from them because it's a way to put up stuff on one monitor that you aren't working on extensively, like let's say you're looking at a document, you know, you pull, you pull it up over there and you're looking at the PDF version, but over in the other one, you're typing on Word. So you can have them both up all the time and you can work. And yes, you can achieve the same result with a big monitor, like a 30-inch monitor, but there's something about having a separate defined workspace that just seems to work better for most people. So it's one of those things that when people get them, they rave about them and you can't take it away from them. The back of the napkin. Uh, Back of the Napkin is a book by a guy named Dan Rome, and this uh, dovetails somewhat into the presentation Zen thing that I was talking about, Um, and it's basically this. A lot of information we can process better if we have it in a visual form. When we were kids, you know, we read Dr. Seuss books maybe because it it taught us to read by using visuals, and visuals are really great, but then once we learned how to read, we were told that uh, only children draw pictures. And so we forgot how to draw pictures or we forgot that they even matter. This book, Drawing in the Back of the Napkin, is this fellow teaching you how to draw pictures. And they're not going to be Leonardo da Vinci pictures. They can be stick figure pictures. But there's something about the process of thinking through certain kinds of problems and doing it visually and then explaining it visually that works better in terms of understanding it and conveying it quickly and getting people to understand it and act on it. And in the business world that we live in today, uh, there's too many reports floating around and nobody reads them. And if you can draw a good picture, even if it's just stick figures, you know, people will get it. Um, and so it's a great book and you should check it out. Hmm. Scan Cafe. 
Scan Cafe is a site that will take all of your negatives, all of your 35 millimeter slides, your your pictures, whatever you've got laying around in books that are fading and um, that aren't looked at in the books anymore, and they'll scan them for you. And they do it at pretty much the lowest price you could possibly get because I think they outsource it and they send it to India, which of course will cause some people to fear and go, oh my God, they're sending it to India. And I would have I feared that too, except that this is one of those sites that um, the professional uh, photographer, bloggers, and, and and gurus that I follow all recommended, and they all trusted it, and they all used it. So I tried it, and I've tried it several times, and it's just amazing. And it was one of those things, I had this project laying around my house. Yeah, I'm going to scan those documents. And I could never get around to it, even though I have a scanner. I'm completely paperless, and I understand all this stuff. It, I just couldn't do it. And this solved the problem. I just put it in a big box, sent it off. They scanned it. I went to the website. Picked the ones I wanted, downloaded those. You know, obviously I had to pay them the money. They sent me the originals back. Everything was fine, uh, and I still have the originals sitting in a box that I'll never look at again. But I have the digital ones, and I can send them to my kids, and they'll be good forever. Ernie, that was money, my friend. We got through all twenty. <laughs> I'm impressed. Right. I shouldn't say we. You got through all twenty. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It was fun. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, sadly, however, that means that we've come to the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit. Uh, remember that you can check out all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So my special thanks today obviously goes out to Ernie Svensson for taking the time to appear on the Legal Toolkit today. Uh, Ernie, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you or about what you do, how would they go about doing that? They just put in the words Ernie and attorney into Google, and that'll take them to my main site, from which I periodically link to the other sites or have links, and they can find all that stuff from there. Excellent. Check out all Ernie's blogs. They're awesome. Um, so even though today's show is over, don't forget to join us next time where we'll have another excellent internet radio program right here on the Legal Toolkit. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Legal Toolkit. You can subscribe to the RSS feed and hear Jared every month right here on The Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.